We have a great guest on the show today, but before I tell you about him, let me tell you about Podia. Podia is like an amazing Swiss Army knife for selling anything online. It's an all-in-one digital storefront where you can sell courses, memberships, and digital downloads all in one place. The cool thing about Podia is that they eliminate all of the technical headaches. You don't have to install anything. You can host your sales pages there, your files, your checkout process. You can even do your email marketing and newsletters right from Podia. Fizzle Show listeners get 15% off of Podia for life by signing up for a free trial over at podia.com slash fizzle. That's P-O-D-I-A dot com slash fizzle. Thanks to Podia for sponsoring The Fizzle Show and for supporting independent entrepreneurs like you and me. Hey there, welcome to The Fizzle Show. I'm your host, Corbett Barr, and this is our podcast about earning a living independently doing something you really care about. Our guest today is Brian Harris. Brian is the founder of growthtools.com, where they create tools and training to help people grow their businesses. At Growth Tools, they're on a mission to deliver $100 million in client revenue growth. Brian specializes in helping his clients and students get more customers for their businesses, which is something we'll focus on today. And also, Brian has made a big transition from delivering online courses to only doing live classes, which is very interesting. And we'll dive into that as well. Brian, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks for having me. I've listened to you guys for a long time uh, throughout all of your involvement over the last four or five years. So it's nice to finally talk a little bit. Awesome. Yeah, we had a chance to catch up a couple of months ago. And I don't remember the um, exact context of the call, but I do remember that you are doing things differently than most people in the online course space now. And you shared with me some of the results that you've been getting in terms of success rates for your students. So I want to dive into that. But first, um, for people who aren't familiar with you, um, maybe walk us through how you began as an entrepreneur and um, maybe you could talk a little bit about Video Fruit, which is something some people might recognize you from as well. Sure. Uh, so we just rebranded just a few months ago uh, and changed our name from Video Fruit to Growth Tools. Uh, Video Fruit got confusing. <laughs> we started off, or I say we, me, I started off full-time job 2013 uh, and just wanted, I always felt fairly strongly that I needed to build a business. It wasn't really something started out of, I want a better lifestyle and I want to not work as much. I mean, all that stuff's good and great and has its place. But for me, I just knew that building things was what I was supposed to be doing. So I uh, bought a few online courses of different types, started trying them, messing around with different things. Uh, and I finally kind of found this really interesting way of making explainer videos. This is back in 2013. So I just started cold pitching every person I followed online, Gary V and Noah Kagan and Neil Patel and everyone in between. And a few of those guys wound up hiring me to, to make videos for them. Uh, the ultimate uh, or the contract I got that made me quit my job, uh, Heaton and Neil at Kissmetrics at the time. I pitched them and they hired me to create a series of videos for them. And I had no idea how to make the videos. <laughs> so uh, the only way to do it, have the time to be able to figure it out was to quit my job and start doing that. So I quit my job, started making videos for them. You can dig back in the Kiss Metrics YouTube channel if that still exists and uh, and found some of those. So, uh, so the, the name of the company was Video Fruit because I made videos for people to help them grow their business. <laughs> and um, this this isn't like a common story, I wouldn't say, because who wouldn't love to create a new service and then cold pitch a bunch of people with big names like Gary Vee and, and Heaton Shaw and, and then land them as clients right away. Like what, 
what was going on there? Because there were other companies doing explainer videos. It wasn't like you had something that was completely novel, right? Oh yeah. And mine were terrible compared to theirs. So. <laughs> yeah. So, so how so, did that work? How did you land those big names as clients right away? So there's a lesson that Noah uh, Kagan taught me years ago and it was show don't tell. And I think, you know, if I, if my whole business were to blow up today and go away, no email list, no audience, you know, reputation was ruined uh, or non-existent. What I would do day one is start offering a service and pitch it the exact way I pitched the first thing I ever offered as video fruit. Uh, which is to go out and do the thing that you want to do for them and go and show them what you can do. So if you Google, maybe this still pops up, best cold email pitch ever. HubSpot did a post of the pitch I sent them a few years ago. Um, and it was like, hey, I wanted to make this. I, I got a few you know, people to say yes. And I, so I went and pitched HubSpot. And you can actually look because it's got the email and everything. So you can kind of reverse engineer what I did. But I wanted to make a series of like talking head videos. If you remember back in the day, Wistia, taught you how to do like the lighting backdrop thing. And they like gave you all the supplies. So I just like went and did that except a really crappy version of it. Uh, so I just, for, for HubSpot, for instance, I wanted to, I want them to pay me several thousand dollars a month to make video, turn their written content into video content. Cause at the time they weren't doing much at all on that. So I just went and did, uh, went and wrote the entire script for them and filmed the first minute of it, made a, got a HubSpot shirt and got the backdrop and produced the video. This is me with my Logitech C920, the same one I'm filming this on right now. Uh, and went and edit it and sent it to them and say, hey, uh, and used a particular pitch style that basically showed them what I wanted to do for them. It didn't say, HubSpot, I would love to make videos for you. Here's the concept I have in mind. It was HubSpot, I love you. I followed you forever. I'm a customer. Here's an idea. And I have a thumbnail of the video in there with me with HubSpot graphics on it. They click it and they go to the video of me like doing the actual video I wanted to sell to them. So they didn't have to imagine what I would do for them. Same thing with Neil uh, and Heaton when I pitched them at Kissmetrics at the time. They were using uh, infographics uh, as a big like SEO marketing play to get links back to their blog and whatnot. So, but they didn't have any video at all. So I went and turned, hired a guy off Upwork or I think Elance at the time, and I uh, had him turn one of the static graphic infographics into a motion graphic video version. And I literally cold pitched Nils and responded to a newsletter of Nils and said, Hey Nils, you know, I'd love to do work with you. I'd love to turn your infographics into video. You'll have them focused on video. I went ahead and did one. Here's what it looks like. And he responded back, that's awesome. We want to hire you. And then a couple weeks later, talking back and forth, we wound up doing these talking head videos. So, but that's been something to show don't tell uh, if you're doing any kind of client service stuff at all. And even if you're selling a, a more of a product, the more you can show someone exactly what this thing will do for them or not what it'll do for them, but like the exact experience, especially in servicing service industry. Like if you can just do, like if you want to redesign someone's website, go ahead and redesign the above the fold section of their homepage and leave them like with a wireframe of the rest of what it would look like. That's a whole, because if you cold pitch me on design and say, I don't know if you're good or not, it would take way too much effort to figure it out. But if you show me an amazing design, I'm like, I'm in on that. That sounds great. Same thing with strategy, same thing with almost any coaching service type of thing you could do showing versus telling, man, it's just so powerful. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, one of, uh, you know, as, as most entrepreneurs, people who are online, I get pitched on, you know, a lot of stuff every day, cold yeah. emails. And, and a lot of people are just upfront. They're like, Hey, I know this is a cold email, but I wanted to uh, bring this to your attention or offer you this or whatever. Um, 99% of them, I, I just delete. I don't even bother reading them. But, yeah. uh, the only one that has caught my attention recently was where someone actually did, they said, Hey, 
I think we could improve your email deliverability rate by such and such. And I found a few things that you're doing and I wanted to show you how you could do them better. And they made a yeah. video custom for us. It was like three or four minutes long. And of course I'm going to watch this. There's like value yep. in there for me, whether or not I hire this person, you know, it's part of what I would be paying for. So of course I watched it. And, and that's one of the only ones that's gotten my attention. So it just makes sense. Not only show don't tell, but also show in a way that, has that person's business or logo or whatever front and center so they can't help but click to see what you've made for them, right? Yeah, and one way, like if you're cold pitching at all, like, I mean, the cold pitching works if you do it well. Something we've learned, we teach a class, we'll talk about that a little later, called the Partnership Accelerator. And the whole whole point of it is to try to get big influencers and companies in your industry to promote you. And, you know, almost all of our students are starting off or in the first year or two, and they don't know anyone. So trying, and that class has a 97% success rate, 97% of students in four weeks get a company or influencer to say yes. So we've had to like refine the cold pitch methodology to figure out what worked. So I just went back to the days when I was cold pitching and kind of pulled some of that out and we methodologied it up where it worked. But one of the key concepts is the first, the three quarters of that cold pitch email needs to be anchoring the relationship. So proven you're not a weirdo on the internet. And the best way to do that, there's, there's several different approaches you can take, but uh, you know, one of the easiest is to um, show them that you've done something with the stuff that they produce. So let, let's say you, Corbett, for instance, if someone wanted to pitch you, uh, you know, they could listen to you know, five or 10 fizzle show episodes, pull out through, or just listen to this episode. If you want to pitch me or Corbett, listen to this episode do one thing that we mentioned or one concept that we mentioned, take it and apply it and open up the email. Hey, Brian, loved your episode on the fizzle show. It was great. I just found you, but man, I love the set of tools y'all have created at growth tools. Uh, in fact, I took the anchor concept or I took the one optimization concept you gave us in there on my homepage and did it. And our opt-in rate on our homepage went from 3% to 30%. The expected economic impact over that of the next year is a million dollars. Here's a graph of the traffic or something like anchor by showing something you've done by mentioning a common reference. And we got a whole list of those, but anchoring the relationships so you prove you're not a weirdo. Another great way to do that is to show, don't tell. So like do is go and just do stuff for them. So take like, Hey Corbin, I know y'all talked about the homepage optimization thing in episode one, two, three. So, and I noticed I went back to your site and noticed y'all haven't done it. So I went ahead and just redesigned your whole homepage for you with those principles applied to it. I'd love to talk to you more. Are you interested? Yes, this is the answer to that question. Now, you have to walk me through the whole relationship, but being able to anchor the relationship up front and using content consumption and action taking, uh, you can do that with anyone online, no matter whether you have zero subscribers or 100,000 subscribers. That'll open up almost any door you want. And, and also, not just if you have zero subscribers, but also if you have little experience in the field that you're trying to get in. It sounds like you didn't yeah. have much experience as a video creator before this. Zero. <laughs> zero. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and in fact, uh, in, in one of the cases, you didn't even create the videos yourself. You were hiring somebody else to create the videos and then doing the hard work of, of the cold outreach. Yeah. And, and that, that led to us, like I started doing a service-based business and the typical arc you see of that is for someone who didn't intentionally get into a service-based business is you start a service-based business and you hit all kinds of problems with the fulfillment of workflow and all that. I was like, Hey, how about a product where I teach people how to do this instead? So we started developing an online course and uh, made a course, uh, like explainer videos. I don't remember the name of the course, but it helps you make explainer videos by outsourcing them and going through the way we did it. Um, and uh, that, that's why the name Video Fruit caught on. And we used that until for the first five years of the company, even when we were long out of the days of teaching people anything to do with video at all, 
Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that, that's kind of been the, the general, the first couple of years of the business. And, uh, for people listening to this, if you, if you head over to growthtools.com, uh, and uh, at the top, you'll see a banner that explains that video fruit is now growth tools. You can click through to that and get some of the highlights of how your business transitioned over the years. Um, one of the things that speaking of transitions, that's really interesting to me is you mentioned this arc that yeah. most people go through. Um, and I think your arc short circuited a little bit because you, you, you found a shortcut, which is I don't have to go through years of getting better at making videos and producing content to grow an audience that I can then sell a service to. Instead, you started out with customers basically on day one, which is yeah. amazing. And, uh, and, and I think that cut a lot of your timeline, compressed it. But then you went on this typical arc, you know, and for most people, again, it's going to start with honing your skills, building an audience, selling a service, realizing that selling services is about process as much as it is about the service itself so that you can, you know, scale up. Then you decide to create an online course. Most people will end up either creating an online course, maybe doing some speaking, um, maybe creating a membership or something like that. And, and that's kind of where things end. For you, they've taken a different path, and, and I see this a lot as maybe the, the evolution of, of where things are to go for a lot of people who are realizing that there are so many online courses out there, they're not helping people get results like that we all hope, and um, the market is somewhat saturated. So you saw this, and, and now I see over at Growth Tools, you're saying like uh, your headline is, you don't need courses, you need results. <laughs> so tell us about like where you've taken yeah. things and, and how you came to that realization. Yeah, so shortly after uh, doing the Explainer video course, I spent the next year trying to go an audience. Uh, and I would, I would backtrack a little bit. If you're wanting to make money online, the, the quickest way by a mile is to cold pitch service work. And you can Google Santa Claus formula video fruit. There's a whole post with the fleshing that out, what that actually looks like. For me, after starting that, getting, you know, just a couple months in, I was like, all right, I don't really, I'm not even equipped. I don't know how to run a service-based business at all. Um, so I started figuring out how to grow an audience so I could sell product to them. So for the next year, I just experimented with, I don't know how many different growth hack marketing things that existed, trying to figure out something that worked. Um, and by the end of the next year, this is 2014, we'd grown the list of uh, 10,000 subscribers. And um, and this was mostly at, through blogging or, or creating videos or? Yeah, this was through guest posting and doing a few little, I didn't even know the name webinar at the time, but kind of doing workshops on other people's list and giveaways. And uh, you could just go all the way back in the archive of the Growth Tools blog and read day one and just go forward. And almost all of that stuff I did publicly and shared the results along the way and whatnot. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the biggest thing for me has been partnerships. So now the first one was accidental. I had taken one of the first courses I bought back in 2013 was Noah Kagan's um, monthly 1K course. I don't think they sell it anymore, but um, I took it and shared the results with Noah and his team. And they wound up promoting me to their audience, um, as a success story of the course, which you see that a lot anytime someone's selling something, but it dawned on me, it took a couple years until it dawned on me, huh? Like I gave Noah and his team a reason to talk about me and they emailed out my, a link to my website and basically go check out Brian. He's awesome language to their list of 700,000 people. What if I did something like that intentionally? What if I came up with like strategies or approaches that work for us that we could just constantly get people in our industry to promote us to their audience? And that's been the number one growth channel for us even today by far is finding where our audience hangs out and getting those people to tell their audience about us. So 
Uh, anyway, so transition from service business, starting growing the email list. And at the end of that first year, we just, I just went to the audience and said, Hey guys, like, what do you want to know about what I'm going to make a product? Uh, I looked at the content that had uh, got the most traction and it was, you know, like growing your list. I talked about that a little bit because I live blogged basically through the journey of the 10,000 subscribers, um, how to sell stuff, um, outsourcing and several different topics. And I just went to them and said, Hey, um, you know, List building is a topic a lot of you guys are interested in. Would you be interested in a course on that topic? And I ran a pre-sale campaign for that. And out of that, I wound up pre-selling a couple thousand dollars, uh, built a whole course around it, launched it. And that was the most money I'd made in my life of multiple years combined in my life. And that went really well. Uh, again, there's another post about that. It kind of gives in all the details of exactly how we did that. But, and this is uh, to a list of like 10,000 or so at the time? Yeah, I think the, the, that was a, a course called Get 10,000 Subscribers was the name of it. First, first real online course I launched. We done a little explainer video thing that did okay. Um, you know, just a small little, you know, couple video deal. This was, I would say, the first real product I launched was 10K subs, um, and that launched in May of 2015 to a list of 11,000 people. We built up, saying we, I built up over the last year and a couple months, and it did 200 and I think like 230 thousand dollars in sales at the time. Now at the time too, if you rewind back to 2015. Um, there wasn't, to my knowledge, another course within a couple years of mine being launched that was specifically focused on growing your email list. Now, since then, there are like 15 or 20 by, you know, all the mainstream online marketing crowd. Uh, but at the time, that wasn't a thing. So my audience was really interested in that because it was an underserved. Now, other people at different times previously had done it, but they weren't They kind of typically an online course creator is a solopreneur and they kind of launch their thing, stick with it for a couple of years and then get bored and phase out a little bit. And those phases had phased out before me. So there was a hole in the market at the time that my people really wanted um, help on. So that went well. Basically spent the next uh, 2015, 2016, 2017 fully focused on that course, experimenting around with a few other things. But what I found even, you know, years, three years later was the completion rate of the course was less than 10%. Yeah. The success rate of the course was less than 2%. And what I just, you know, uh, my owner intent of this business was to actually help people grow their business, uh, like to do basically follow a little bit of like, I think the best way for me to learn is to teach. So I see my entire business right now is just a giant Petri dish of me figuring out stuff. And I just happen to teach it at the same time because it's the best way to reinforce my own teaching. Yeah. So there's a selfish element that I want to learn. And the selfless element, I really want to actually help other people because I know the methodology is good whenever I can teach that to someone and they can do something with it. And online courses are a lot like books. Like I have this obviously awesome book by April Dunford mm -hmm. and I've, I've read the first three chapters like five different times. Yeah. And I haven't finished it. I started reading that a few weeks ago as well. Maybe, maybe you had tweeted about it or something, but uh, yeah, yeah. I haven't gotten through it yet either. And if, if April judged the success of her book based on the completion percentage and the success percentage, she would probably never write a book again because would you be depressing the number of people? My guess would be less than 5% of people ever even open the thing. Yeah, I know if anything, I mean, I have like a bookshelf of books. I literally just look at every day and I'm not like Atomic Habits from James. Like, right right oh, behind me. Yeah. yeah. Love it. I haven't cracked it. I think I'm in it and I haven't even read it at all. I really want to. It's just like, it just hasn't happened. Yeah. So it finally dawned on me that courses are the same way. Completion rate, success rate are not the way to even judge an online course. They're more reference material than there are transformational material. Now, the people that go through them and are super intentional on them and execute on them can definitely get results, but they're, they're not the, the format of them. It's a self-study format. Yeah. 
there's no physical version, even a book. Like I keep a stack of books on my desk and I keep them there. So I'll read them. They're like physical reminders. Now the online course I bought, I guess I got an email at some point with a password somewhere to log in. Even if I wanted to, it'd take me 10 minutes to figure out how to find that thing. So we, last year, last summer, uh, it was coming up on, it was a little past three years of our main online course launching uh, originally. And uh, I, I was just getting more and more clear on what I, like the intent of this business is to help other people grow their business by $100 million. So $100 million of client revenue growth. And if we're going to do that, we can either take two approaches. One, we can just get thousands and thousands and thousands of customers in and that 2% will be successful. And eventually if we get, I don't remember what the number was, 30 or 40,000 clients, we could actually hit our number. Or we can get a whole lot less clients. What if we had, if we could waver magic on, what if we had a 100% success rate? Instead of a 2% success rate, what if it was 100%? Um, so we just went to the drawing board with product and tried to think of like, what's a format we could teach in that, that wasn't even intended to be reference material? Like maybe you could use it as reference material down the road where you pull it up years later and look at it. But what if we just focused on uh, building a program that we guarantee if you don't have success, we will give you your money back? And we're pr- like, we're, we're confident in that. We're proud of that. So we came up with this concept of doing, we call them accelerators. They're really just four week online classes. Um, and we structure them in a way where you have one project a week for four weeks. And the culmination of those four projects equals whatever success equaled in that accelerator. So the first one we ever did was the partnership accelerator, because that would happen to be our best growth channel. And that's something a lot of not, not a lot of people talk about. You talk about Facebook ads and SEO and content, but not a lot of people talk about how to strategically use partnerships to grow your business. So we launched the partnership accelerator. Uh, we did our, we just finished our fifth class uh, in let's say September of 2019. And that class had a 97% success rate. So 97% of the people got a partner agreed to say yes. Almost all of them cold pitched from nobody's online and got people to say yes. And we've now have started building up a series of those programs specifically focused on how can we get 100% of people that come in this class to get success. Um, yeah. So that's been the transition. It is, it's been primarily what's our intent? Like, what do we want to do? And there's nothing wrong with online courses at all. I've bought many of them and still buy them, but they're not primarily the format doesn't lends itself to a high success rate, just to the general nature of it. And we wanted to solve that problem. So I think we've stumbled upon something that is really, really good. Uh, now we're trying to get great at, at delivering that. It's interesting. Um, you might be able to compare this to a gym membership versus working with a personal trainer, for example, you're you're going to pay more working with a personal trainer, but you're much more likely to get results. Maybe not 97%, but much higher uh, hit rate. And, and the gym membership ends up being subsidized in a way, right? Because the person who actually takes advantage of the full online course is going to get probably more value than they paid for it, right? If if an online course is a couple hundred bucks and you're promising to help me get 10,000 subscribers on my list, that's worth way more than $200, right? At yeah. the end of the day. But um, to you as a course creator, you end up making you know $200,000 or whatever from this first course. And maybe you deliver you know $200,000 worth of value, but it's to just a handful of people as opposed to spread out over everybody that's taking it. Um, And for us, like our price wound up going down due to business models. So we were selling 10K subs for three tiers, a thousand, three, a thousand, two thousand and three thousand. Our our average customer is worth like twenty two hundred dollars. So we now sell these accelerators for five hundred dollars each. But we have on the so that's a profitable business unit itself. We sell, you know, 50 to 75 a month right now is where our targets are. 
and we generally fill up those classes. Um, and off the back end of that, once you've been through four weeks, uh, let me maybe pause for this too. Yeah. We, when we were researching last summer, trying to figure out like, do we, do we just redo all of 10 K subs? Cause the material was getting kind of dated and old. It was time for just a complete refresh on marketing material, the actual curriculum, everything just needed to be going, gone through again. So in doing market research and talking to customers and talking to people who were thinking about buying and all that, we found that a lot of people were just burn out on online courses. Uh, now I think there's a huge market there still. I think there's plenty of opportunity in that space, but a lot of our audience had bought courses and hadn't taken advantage of them. They were either one of two things. They were either disappointed in the material or they were disappointed in themselves for not taking advantage of the material. So that was the, that was like the format problem we were trying to solve. One, we needed to have really good material that actually worked. And what better way to do that than to guarantee you get the result or we give your money back. And that'll force us. There's a force forcing factor in there that makes us get better at that on our side. And then the, the actual structure of how we delivered it would almost require slash force anyone that signed up just like you do an exercise, like I have a really high desire to, you know, lose another 10 pounds and cut 5% body fat. But on Friday night, when the cinnamon toast crunch is sitting on the counter, man, like that <laughs> desire just isn't super strong. Like <laughs> I want you- something that as soon as I look at the cinnamon toast crunch, it tweets out like a naked picture of myself or something, because then I'm not even touching the cinnamon toast crunch. Yeah. Like I want some forcing function there that makes it almost impossible not to do the thing I know I need to do and that I want to do. Um, so we were able to do two things. We were able to lower the price due to the group nature of it. And after those four weeks, people have had generally the best online education experience they've ever had before. And then we have a one-on-one call with everyone at the end. We review their time, make sure they get the results, get feedback for them. And then if they seem like it's a good fit, we'll tell them about how we do one-on-one coaching. And about 30% of the people that go through the accelerator or go through that four-week class wound up upgrading into one-on-one coaching, which is ranges between five and $10,000. So that makes the business model really work um, because we make money on the front end because we're getting really good at the systems of just executing that. We have one person that runs them and that goes well. And then on the back end, we're able to make good money off of it because you know, people have had a great experience that tr- the no like trust factors through the roof due to the experience they just had. And now we introduce them to a one-on-one coaching program. So that keeps the entry level price really low for $500. You get a better product than you would have got at a $3,000 price point on 10 K subs. Um, you uh you've you've used the word we several times again yep. in in this new context <laughs> are you meaning that there are actually other people who are coaching and and doing all of that as well yeah so currently the team is 10 full-time people uh or yeah 10, 10 full-time people uh we started hiring employed contractors right at the first launch of 10k subs the month of I hired my first contractor and he's actually still with us now as a full-time guy uh, almost five four year four years later five years later um yeah, five years later. And uh, in, I think the end of 2017, I hired my first full-time employee. And since then I've started, I've just found a lot of value. And typically if I could have four contractors or one full-time person, I would take one full-time person over four contractors any day. One, it's just less people for me to lead and keep up with. Yeah. Two, I find that when you have one focus, like a con- there's not many people who can do contracting at a really high level. Uh, Especially the if they have hundreds- multiple clients. That's 100%. Like, like I can't count the number of Facebook ads people that I've met that are great at their full time job running a million dollars a month. And then they break out to try to start an agency and they take on 20 clients and they're the worst ad person I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) So we've gone through that cycle so many times like, man, I would just rather, you know, economics, you know, making sense, I'd rather just hire someone to do that. So now 
um, you know, we still use contractors for select positions and whatnot, but uh, having a team is something that I spend the majority of my time there now. Cause most, once you get over, once you get to that million dollar plus a year range, it almost all becomes who questions, not what questions. It's not like I can ask what questions I enjoy. How do I need to tweak this marketing copy? I mean, I geek out on all the marketing stuff, but really it needs to be who is the person in charge of that and how can I lead them well and give them what they need so they can go figure that out. Yeah. Um, so that's where I've, I spent a good bit of my time is thinking about the, the team and the who. So are, that we are these people uh, remote or local? They're all remote. Um, went through a few versions of identity crises on whether we wanted to do local or in person, but we finally settled on remote. Um, so they're all North America. Um, yeah, all in North America, but different time zones throughout. Hey, before we keep going, here's a quick message from Gusto. Small business owners wear a lot of hats. And while some hats are great, others, like the filing taxes and running payroll hat, they're not so great. That's where Gusto comes in. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, and managing a team actually easy for small businesses. Gusto automatically pays and files your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. Plus, they make it easy to add on health benefits and even 401ks for your team. Oh, and you can get direct access to certified HR experts, too. Sounds like a pretty good way to kick off 2020 for your business, right? But here's the thing. Deadlines for the new year, they creep up earlier than you think, and you're going to want to get started now. So don't wait. Let Gusto make it easier on you. As a bonus, listeners get three months free when they run their first payroll. This is one hat you're going to be glad you gave up. So try a demo and see for yourself over at gusto.com slash fizzle. That's gusto.com slash fizzle. Um, you're, you mentioned Facebook ads just briefly there. Yeah. Um, what are your, your lead sources these days? Are you relying on content marketing or, or ads or yeah. something else? So three main lead sources for us. And I'll, I'll just zoom out even a layer above that so this makes sense. We kind of have an upside down business model. Typically, uh, companies that make software, the software is the product that you sell. Um, and you have free educational material like a blog post or webinar, or even courses sometimes that lead into the paid software product. So we, we are a software company. We just do it the exact opposite. We have free software, uh, 10 different tools that lead into paid training products. And the training products use the software products to give you the result you need. Because we're really interesting. I don't know. We can get back to that. But um, so the way our business works is we have free tools. We have three different sources of traffic for those tools, paid ads, partnerships, and organic traffic. That's word of mouth, SEO, et cetera. So those three, tra those three traffic sources, partnerships, paid traffic, organic, all feed into our tools. And then once you get inside of a tool, it's just really think of a tool as just a fancy lead magnet. Like I'll give you an example of this so you can uh, be, you know, have a mental image of it. We have a tool called Drip Scripts, which solves the problem of knowing if you're going to write an email sequence, how do you structure it? And then what do you say in it? So I want to have a welcome sequence. Well, how many emails? What's the basic gist of each email? How long does it go? When do I send it? Structure. And then what actually goes in each email? What's the content of it? So that tool, Drip Script, solves that problem. You go in, there's a bunch of templates in there. You select a template. You can say, hey, I want a welcome sequence like Corbett. Select the Corbett welcome sequence. I don't think there's a Corbett welcome sequence, but just as an example. And you go in there and you just Mad Lib style fill in the blanks and you just export it straight to your ESP. So if you see an ad or you see a partner or you search email sequences and you see Drip Scripts pop up, you come into Drip Scripts, you're like, one, it's the 
you know, in our opinion, you know, you could probably challenge this, but I think it's the best thing ever made to solve that problem. Not because we're amazing, but because not many people have tried to solve that problem before. There's not much competition for it. Uh, so you're blown away. The tr no like trust factor for us is high because you're wondering like, why is this thing free? It looks amazing. It works amazing. It solved a huge pain point for me. And we start looking internally at the tool to look for indicators that you would be somebody to be a good fit for our, one of our accelerator programs. So once a month, we'll uh, open up enrollment for an accelerator, the four week classes. Uh, and then if you join that, you go through it, you get your mind blown by the training, and then you go into, uh, you know, one-on-one -on -one coaching, if, if that seems to make sense. So all of our top of the funnel stuff, to answer your question, is focused on tools, the 10 different tools we have, getting paid traffic, partnerships, and organic traffic uh, into those tools so that we can then sell accelerators and then do one-on-one -on -one coaching with the people that come out of that. Hence the name Growth Tools. Yep. And yep, um, are you, do you have people on staff who are uh, creating these tools or is this something you contract out? So we have our engineering staff, which is a little untraditional, but uh, really, I mean, our engineering team is technically on the marketing team, although they're run separately, like an independent engineer team. There's one full-time engineer, and then we have two key contractors, a designer and a front-end guy um, that actually build everything. So we built, uh, I think we've built internal and external tools, about 22 different tools over the last 30 months. Uh, 10 or 12 of those publicly and all the other stuff like back-end fulfillment for accelerators and coaching and lots of tooling and what we built basically an internal uh, LMS system to deliver our coaching product and all that stuff. But, and, and now that you have uh, built all those tools, how would you compare growing a list or creating leads using that method versus what you did previously before you built your first online course? So we've combined the two concepts. Mm -hmm. So, uh, this was probably summer of 2017. Uh, we had just built a hired engineer first full-time engineer was April of 2017. Uh, probably June or so of 2017, uh, a, a contacted Infusionsoft reached out to us because we were in the Curry email list space. So they're an ESP. They wanted to talk about doing some kind of partnership or webinar or something with us. So we were talking and whatnot, and we had just built this tool called, uh, ESPPicker.com, which is still up and go. If you like, we got all the question a lot, what ESP should I use? What email server should I use? So we just built a tool. You could just, and this is not even, it's more like a quiz kind of thing, but it looks really pretty and it's done well. So you can go check it out uh, and just answer seven or eight questions that tells you, Hey, based on your specific scenario, you should use ConvertKit or you should use drip or you should use whatever. So we built that and Infusionsoft reached out to us, want to do a webinar and I say, Hey guys, let's, what if we did a whole nother concept? What if instead of just doing a webinar, what if we built an entire tool? And then we partnered on it. Um, so we built, and that's actually where Drip Scripts came out of. We, we looked at their most popular lead magnets and blog posts, our most popular lead magnets and blog posts. And the number one thing that stuck out was how do you write email sequences? So we then spent the next two months building Drip Scripts. Uh, it was uh, created by Growth Tools, presented by Infusionsoft. Infusionsoft promoted the crap out of the thing, put it in blog posts, was the number one opt-in on their homepage, like above the fold, all over the place. We got thousands and thousands of leads from it. And it was occurring to me as we we're in the middle of this promotion, like, man, these are really just fancy lead magnets that we're able to get a level of promotion out of a tool that we could never get out of a lead magnet or webinar or guest post. Infographic or, like or yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, nothing's ever even touched it. So we get, you know, we'll get 30 or 40,000 leads a month out of partners sending leads into the tools because the perceived value and the actual value of a tool is so much higher than any other thing we'd ever tried before. Than an e so instead of having, else. instead of doing like what Nathan did at ConvertKit, which is a really smart strategy, they did 123 webinars or something like that. And I think it was 2016. And that was their 
huge growth year from like 20k MRR to 100k MRR in a year. Like they had a giant jump, and this was Daryl and Blake at ConvertKit at the time did partner webinar after partner webinar after partner webinar. Like y'all probably did a partner webinar that year. Like everyone was doing them. And that was a great strategy. I saw that strategy and was like thinking like, man, we should do that. But you need two full-time employees to do that because that's not, the logistics on that are extremely challenging. So instead I looked at our resources, what do we have where we could take the basic concept and apply it to us. I was like, hey, we can build tools and we know how to do partnerships. What if instead of having a hundred partners, what if we just had four partners and those four partners didn't send us 500 leads or a thousand leads one time they sent us 3,000 leads a month every month like how could we do that so by combining the tool concept and the partnership concept that's created the biggest legion engine we've ever had um, and it's and it's hard to compete with like not you have to build a team specific like not many people especially in the core space or coaching space or one even going to want to do that or know how to do it uh, and even people that have big engineering teams it's fairly challenging to to compete with so it's a it's kind of a cool niche for us to have for lead gen. It's fairly hard to compete with and the results have been great. I noticed something else uh, in your marketing recently, which was, uh, I think you call it a business audit. What are all mm. those about? Yeah. Is that is that another way to generate leads or qualify leads? Yes. The business audit is the intro pitch into our coaching program. So we do, um, we, we sell uh, our one-on-one coaching primarily through accelerators, through graduates, through accelerators. Um, but we also sell it directly, mainly to PPC leads, people that come in cold through PPC. So we pump PPC through a tool and then we want to try to turn that money over and at least get the money back as soon as possible. So we'll look throughout the point of them opting in to answer a few questions. And some of those people, depending on their answers, we'll see, hey, I think they might be good. They might be somebody to be good for coaching immediately. So we'll then pitch them on, hey, let's get on a call for an hour. We'll do an audit of your business. Try to find two or three hinges that swing big doors for you, something that could double your revenue in a year. Um, and uh, we'll basically spend the first 45 minutes talking about their business, learning about them, giving them a few pointers. And then if they seem like a good fit, we'll then tell them about coaching and see if it would be a good fit for them to join immediately. So we get about currently probably about 50% of our uh, clients, new coaching clients a month from direct like that. And the other 50% from accelerators. One of our big goals over the next year is to get 100% from accelerator graduates, just because those people are so lined up with who we are They've been through coaching, a different version of coaching. Yeah. They've been through us for four weeks uh, and they, they just convert better than anyone else by mile. Yeah. They drank uh, all the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Yeah. They're <laughs> all in. Yep. Um, you, uh, we, we started this talking about um, how you're focused on helping your clients get more customers. Yeah. What are some of the bread and butter strategies that, that you are teaching either in accelerators or through your coaching programs um, that may be low hanging fruit or just something that you see working for people over and over again in terms of getting more customers. So I'll mention a few, uh, you could also, anybody that wants to, there's a, we, I think we have 10 or 11 on our homepage right now. We have kind of a weird homepage. You don't, we don't just have a lead magnet there. You can actually toggle through some of the super easy to implement strategies we found through working with a bunch of clients. You just go, you click a button that says, give me an idea. And it shows you an idea, maybe some stuff you haven't thought of before. So just toggle through there and you might be able to find something. Maybe one of the ones I've mentioned isn't, doesn't hit it for you specifically, because it kind of depends on your business model and what you're selling and whatnot, but toggle through those. And we're adding some every month. We had a few more in there. So toggle through that. You might find something that I don't mention. Uh, some strategies that have worked for clients recently. Uh, one partnerships is something we've taught a lot. So lead gen, Probably around, make up a number, 60 to 70% of our clients that come in or in that, we call them advanced beginners. 
So they've probably launched a blog. They know who Tim Ferriss and Russell Brunson is. They've heard of Fizzle before. They maybe have set up a WordPress blog, but they've never had much traffic. Maybe they've made a couple hundred bucks, maybe. So they, they, they get it. They understand all the basic mechanics, but they're still working a full-time job or they're still trying to make the thing work. For that crowd, generally their number one problem is lead gen. They just don't have people coming in the door. They could have the most incredible product in the world, but they don't have leads coming in. And the single best way we have found for that group to generate leads isn't Facebook because you got to have money for that and you got to have a decent amount of money to figure it out. And you can waste a lot of money really quickly on accident. It generally is an SEO because that's something that takes a while to start working. You have to be really good at backlinking and really good at content. And even then it could take you 12 to 18 months for to see significant impact. But partnerships is something that can work for almost anyone immediately. That's why we made it our first accelerator. Um, because like, imagine if like even doing a podcast interview is a version of a partnership. Imagine you come on the fizzle show next week and they email it out to their list of however many thousand people and like, Hey, check out Brian and his site. Like some of y'all, like a hundred of you will click the button on the homepage and opt into our list as a result of, as a result of listening to this episode. And one or two of y'all will probably set up a phone call with us. And maybe one of you will wind up becoming a coaching client of ours for 10 grand. That's a, that's a good hour spent by me to do an interview. Now, it isn't the only reason I did this interview, but that's a version of a partnership. It's really hard to screw them up when Corbett says, go check out Susan. She's awesome at X. And hundreds of people go do that. They're warmed up to a level that random SEO guy that came through, through Google or random SEO girl that clicked on a Facebook ad will take them months to get to the point where you borrow the credibility and the relationship that Corbett has or whoever the partner is, and you just have that instantly. So for Legion, partnerships have been great. The most simplest version of a partnership is do a podcast interview and stair step up to more complex things as you go. Google Partnership Accelerator Video Fruit. I don't care if you enroll or not. It'd be great if you did. But watch the video and read the, read the copy section. It'll walk you through like lots of examples of this and case studies and give you even copy and script pitch and examples and all that if you just kind of want to put a little more meat on the bone of that. Uh, the other crowd is the, um, like we call them just established business owners. For us, they would be in the $5,000 to $50,000 a month range. They got traffic coming in. They have, you know, I was actually working on a, we, when we have a coaching client, we'll make a strat from a marketing strategy for them uh, to double their business in less than a year. And then we'll review that every 90 days, coach them through the whole process, give them our playbooks and all that stuff. But I was working on a new client we got yesterday. I was looking at their, uh, their uh, assessment they fill out, giving us all the details on the business. And they were in that advanced, um, uh, advanced business owner yeah. bucket. And for them, a lot of times, uh, there's two things I look at, like almost every time they have one of these two, one of these two things, one, if they're selling an existing product, I immediately go to pricing. Uh, so I'll just skim, I've like, I'll skim through and like, all right, you got a product, you made 10 grand last month. Great. Like, I'm not going to read anything else. I'm just going to look at your pricing page because nine times out of 10, you have this, you have this going on. I'll give the example, uh, through the lens of a friend of, I think both of ours, Brian Dean at Backlinko. So Brian sells a course called SEO that works. Amazing course. The best SEO course I've ever bought. I've been through the whole thing, taking notes on it. We actively apply all the strategies to our business. But he was selling at the time. He, I think I have my numbers right here. Um, we could, there's a video we could link up or something. You all can see the actual numbers. But I think he was selling a th one tier of the course at $1,000. And that was it. And something I had found from selling our course on our first launch, I've had a tier of $600 and a tier of $1,200. Um, and 60% of the people that bought 10K subs bought the $1,200 version. So I emailed a friend of mine. I was like, hey, man, I'm super pumped. We got a, way more people bought the high-end version than I ever thought would buy. I figured it would be like 10% and 90%. 10% on the high-end and 90% on the low-end. 
He's like, yeah, that's great. It just means you're, you're losing a lot of money. Like you're priced way too low. <laughs> so what you need to do is try this in your next launch at a third package. You don't have to keep three long-term, but add a third package for $2,400 and move a few of the things in your $1,200 package over to that package and see what happens. He said, my bet is half the people that bought the $1,200 package will buy that $2,400 package. So it turns out that was the case. We went from like 40% of people bought the low end, 30% of people bought the middle and 30% of people bought the high end. That equaled about $100,000 in revenue of people that just didn't give us the money on the first launch because we didn't have a way for them to give us more money. So we did that for Brian. Uh, he, I think he, he was offering a thousand or maybe it was a $1,500 package. We just doubled it to add a second package. And that's produced over a million dollars of revenue over the last couple of years from people that have bought the high end package. So short version of that is, if you have one tier of your product, it's like a, a one point on an X, Y axis graph. You have no idea whether that's good or not. You threw a fishing line in the water, you got a bite and you reeled it in and you were pumped, you had a fish. That's great. You caught a fish, like that's step one, do that. But you don't know if you would have cast that line 10 feet deeper or 10 feet shallower, you might have caught 50 fish. So you don't know if your pricing is working or not. If you have a membership site, next month when you do your big promotion and you're selling it for $29, offer a $49 version as well and just see what happens. If 70% of people buy that high-end package, you've been throwing, you know, optimize for what you want to optimize for. If you're optimized for doubling your revenue in a year, you've been throwing away a lot of money. You could, I've seen people double their business in a month just, and these are people who have started, not beginners. That's a whole different crowd. It's for people that are selling. I've seen people double their business in a month just from tweaking pricing. Uh, we have right now in our business, 75% of people last month that bought our coaching, uh, bought it with a full pay plan, not in payment plans. We're way underpriced. <laughs> I know we gave up probably $100,000 revenue last month because we're underpriced. Now, I'm right this second okay with that. Over this quarter, we're going to start incrementally increasing pricing to see where those percentages hit. Like I want about 40% of people to be on full pay and 60% on payment plans. That'll be the sweet spot between conversions and revenue. So for somebody that's established, a really simple way to test this, um, next month, try doubling your price, offer the two packages. You're not going to lose, you're not going to lose people. The very worst that'll happen is um, you will, this higher price will actually anchor your lower price. So when you see $49, like, oh, that's too much. So I'm going to buy the $29 plan. That's more effective than just having one table on your page that says $29 because you've anchored. Best case scenario is you'll have more than 50% of people buy the high-end package. You've just increased your revenue by 50%. Um, and you might even be able to increase it more than that. So experiment with pricing is number one thing for established business people. Like try doubling it, offer both, see what happens. Many, many times I have seen that being the, we just had a guy last year, he just finished his year with us. He was doing $120,000 of revenue, uh, offered a second, he was doing like music, like how to mix music was his topic, you know, online course, coaching stuff. Uh, $120,000 revenue last year. The first thing on his marketing plan from us was this pricing thing we just mentioned. We gave him specifics about how to structure it and format it and whatnot. And in the next year, he had only done the one thing we had told him to do, and his revenue was $360,000 the next year from like just pricing alone. That's the only thing. Like there's variables over the course of a year, but he attributes 100% of the growth to that. Same number of customers over the next year, but they just paid him more money. That's amazing. And, and, uh, so easy to overlook. I think everybody focuses so much on either the top of the funnel. I got to get more people or maybe the conversion rate overall. I, j I just need yeah. to convert more people through my landing page copy or whatever, but pricing is so easy to overlook and it's so scary to experiment with. I love what you said oh, yeah. about 
uh, having just one point on the graph and, and not being able to know if it's too high or too low if you just have one price. That's something I think people overlook as well. I remember a while back, you mentioned Nathan Barry, when he was selling um, guides as opposed to software, he yeah. famously had uh, this three-tiered pricing experiment. He talked about where it broke down and how you should have three prices because of the anchoring, because some people will buy the higher end and so on. But this idea of having more tiers because it helps you test pricing, mm -hmm. that's really smart as well. I love that. There's a book called 80-20 Sales and Marketing by Perry Marshall. It's one of my favorite business books ever. Like it's, so, it, it has, again, I don't know if these numbers are exactly right, but after reading that book, the, the basic gist is you have a percentage, like 80%, 20% of the people in your audience would pay you a lot more money. 20% of those people will pay you a lot more money than that. So I applied this, I'm a big Auburn football fan. So I started like looking at some basic numbers. Auburn's football stadium holds around 87,000 people. Uh, those 87,000 people only produce half of the gate rev of the, of the ticket revenue produced in a typical Saturday at a home football game. The other half, they double their ticket, their gate revenue by the, the 17 suites along the sideline, the big glass suites wow. that sit up above the upper deck, double half. the revenue from the suites, but you can break it down even further from that. Half of the suite revenue comes from the 40, 50 and 40 yard line suites, the three suites right in the center of the field. And half of that revenue comes from the 50 yard line box. <laughs> so like you can 80, 20, this revenue thing all the way up. Like I'm thinking of next year. I just, this is a totally random idea. It wasn't on my radar at all. I'm thinking about next year offering, this is for revenue, but also because I really enjoy this format, offering just one existing coaching client to be like, it'll, like the Brian Harris MBA, like be in every meeting I'm in. Come to our team retreat, yeah. be in our houseboat retreat with our like. This Follow you around if you want. Yeah, uh, and, and it's a hundred grand or something like that. Like I'm like I know there's one person in our client base of currently like 300 or so coaching clients that wants that. There's probably 10 of them that want that. I just haven't given them a way to pay the money for it. I haven't presented the offer to them. So that 8020 sales and marketing was kind of the, and, and Nathan and Brennan I think were doing that, and uh, I think Gumroad was talking about it at the time the pricing tier thing. Neville uh, Medora's written some about it. Uh, but seeing those examples, reading 8020 just made the light bulb go off for me and just testing it straight up in a launch. Nothing new in the product at all. Instead of having all 12 expert interviews in the $1,200 package and four FAQs, you know, live Q&A sessions in the middle package, I put two and six, two FAQs and six expert sessions and moved the other ones over to the complete package. That literally the 30 minutes on the sales page and setting up the order form generated another $100,000 of revenue just by moving it over and giving people a way to pay for that. So you could add your product. If you were experimenting, try not to add, or if you do add, make it something super simple that isn't foundational. Like try to add on, like do a Q and A once a month with those people or something simple to test it. And if that works, then go back to the product level and see like, do we need to beef stuff up to support this $49 version of the membership site or $99 version of the membership site? Because there definitely are people that will pay more money for it. Now, the numbers and the percentages, you just have to test it to see what it is. It might be a foundational shift that doubles your revenue. It might be a shift that just adds 20% revenue. Both of those things are really good. <laughs> yeah. What Yeah. What else can you spend so little time on that will return so much? It's yep. really an, uh, a powerful lever. Um, Brian, this has been incredible. Um, for people who have been struggling, um, maybe that are more at the beginning stages, people who are, uh, you know, like you said, at that advanced beginner stage, and they've been going at this for a long time, and they just don't know if this is going to work out for them or not. 
they've been trying super hard, uh, doing everything that they read about online and, and haven't seen results. Maybe they launched a product and it just didn't sell. Yeah. What, what's something that you can leave them with to, uh, to give them some hope and put them back on track? It's totally doable. Um, I would say one of two things you might need to take a break. Hustle culture can teach you that you just need to bang your head against the wall longer. One of the best things I ever did, uh, had an eBay business in like where I bought and sold stuff, crap I bought from yard sales, uh, back in 2009 and 10 and 11. And then we got shut down by eBay and PayPal, uh, due to weird stuff on PayPal. Um, and one of the best decisions I ever made was not to open up another business but to go sell conveyor equipment for three years and just like, <laughs> let my brain rest. Yeah. And if you're at that stage where like, you've been grinding for four years and nothing's worked, consider you have full permission. Go take a six month break. Go take like pick it up in January. That's totally like you got 50 years, man. Like we're not in a race. Like It's okay that some people succeed super quick and some people take forever. I'm a forever person. I've been trying to do start businesses since I was seven years old. And this is the first one that's ever worked in any kind of level at all. Um, so love the game and take a break if you need to. If you're not worn out, if you're like, yeah, I'm just ready to go. I just need some guidance on that. I would encourage you if you have no audience, you're starting from scratch, you haven't successfully done a business before, the best way to do it is to grow an audience and to give those people what they want. And the first step to start with there is growing your email list. So I would give you a 90 day challenge, get 500 people on your email list in the next 90 days. Um, go to that partnership accelerator page. I don't, you don't, I'm not encouraging you to enroll. Although if you want, you're more than happy to watch the video there of how we, we give you an exact example of a script, use that script, go pitch 50 people using the methodology approach that we previewed earlier. And that's in there exampled out to get on 50 podcasts in the next 90 days. If you combine that with a content upgrade strategy of having a specific downloadable that you're giving away on that podcast interview, it is almost impossible not to have 500 subscribers in the next 90 days if you go hustle that. So use partnerships to grow your audience and then just ask your audience, hey, what do y'all want? And build that for them and get them to buy it from you. Love that has been for first time businesses. Even if you have a product that hasn't worked yet, that's the most repeatable, highest percentage of success route. You can see videos of people coming up with ideas and force fitting them down audiences and all that stuff. They're almost always multiple founders. There's almost always their second or third business. There's tons of skill sets they developed in that. There's lots of built-in advantages they have. But if you're starting out from scratch or a nobody, have no name, don't know, build an audience, sell to them, it's almost impossible to screw that up if you focus on quality of audience and then simply serving them. I love that, especially because I've known so many people who have been working on building a business for years and have 50 people on their email list to show for it. Yeah. And uh, that, it just forces you to guess. Like you have to guess what people want and you're not going to guess right. Like you don't have enough experience to guess right yet. Yeah. Thank you, Brian, so much for being our guest today. You guys can find more from Brian Harris over at growthtools.com. You can find the full show notes and links for things that we talked about in this episode over at fizzleshow.co. This is episode number 360. As always, thank you for being here. I'm Corbett Barr. And until next time, thanks for listening to The Fizzle Show. Fizzle Show.